Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Revex's Horror Sci-Fi Theater. I am your host, Kenneth Quinnell, and I'll be reading a story today that is adapted from a short screenplay that I wrote. This one is called Smart House. Behold the home of the Mixon family. It is a very expensive and unique house. It's a smart house, with cameras everywhere. The house is long and flat. It's only one story tall, but it's still massive. From the outside, the house is a fortress, a gray steel and concrete structure with metal shutters covering the many windows. It is sunrise. Inside, we meet Daryl Mixon, a black man in his 30s. He's average height and above average weight. He wears silk pajamas and blue fluffy slippers. He walks across the front hallway to a panel next to the front door. Across the top of the panel is printed B-R-U-C-E. Good morning, Bruce. The panel on the wall, which is the size of a tablet computer, glows green. It responds to him in a masculine but robotic voice. Good morning, Mr. Mixon. Initiate wake-up protocol, Daryl responds. Initiating wake-up protocol. The computer's voice trails away into distortion as the screen turns red. Daryl frowns. He taps the screen a few times. This thing is on the fritz again. He taps it a few more times. Again, says the voice of a woman, Ronnie, from the bedroom. From the second bedroom comes the voice of a young girl, Sylvia. Maybe you broke it, Dad. Daryl reaches to push a black button on the side of the panel. I'm going to have to re- The panel turns green. Outside, the metal shutters rise to reveal large, long windows. Inside, Daryl drops his hand back to his side. He turns to walk towards the kitchen. Never mind, it's... Standing before him is J-U-D-Y. Judy, a robot with a vaguely female shape. While her upper body is human-like with fully functional arms, her lower body is a solid cylinder that rides on wheels. She is only about five feet tall and is painted a pretty pink color. What is Fritz? She says in a robotic but female voice. Daryl jumps. Jeez, Judy, you scared the shit out of me. Judy's face is immobile. The robot stares at Daryl. Should I clean up shit? Daryl laughs. No, it wasn't real shit. One does not clean up fake shit. Daryl continues walking down the hall towards the kitchen. Judy stares after him. Judy turns and looks at the panel on the wall. What is Fritz? The panel pulses with green light, but there is no response. Sylvia's room is covered with pictures of the Williams sisters, and tennis gear is everywhere. She is a light-skinned black teen. She is athletic and wears glasses, a blue and white designer tennis dress, and designer tennis shoes. She closes her suitcase, latches it, and walks into the hallway. Judy waits for her. He means it's broken, Sylvia says. Judy stares after Sylvia, who walks towards the kitchen. The robot turns and faces the panel. Does Bruce need fixing? Ronnie walks out of the master bedroom. She is a tall, athletic white woman in her 30s. She has a similar frame to Sylvia, but the grown-up version. Ronnie wears a tennis dress and shoes that match her daughter's. No thank you, Judy. We've already arranged for a repairman to come fix him. Ronnie walks down the hall towards the kitchen. Judy is not a repairman. Mickey walks out of the third bedroom. He is younger, thinner, and darker skinned than his sister. He is dressed in the red and black soccer uniform of his junior team, the Flyers. He wears running shoes, not cleats. He sneaks up behind Judy and bangs a drumbeat on her back. She whips around and stares at him. You're way too dumb to be a repair bot. He runs down the hall laughing. Judy stares after him. Mickey runs into the kitchen. 
Ronnie and Sylvia already have plates filled with eggs and bacon. They have orange juice. Daryl makes himself a plate. You shouldn't talk like that, Ronnie says. It's just a dumb robot, the boy responds. You're going to hurt her feelings, Sylvia says sadly. It doesn't have feelings. Daryl pours himself a cup of coffee. Mickey glances at Daryl, then at Ronnie. They do have feelings, don't they, Mom? Oh, I don't know. I think some of them have feelings nowadays. Like they've been programmed or something like that. She eats a slice of bacon. That costs extra, Daryl jokes. Not like we can't afford it, Sylvia gestures at the house around her. Hurry up and eat your breakfast. We have to finish packing and get out of here. Daryl takes a sip of his coffee. Why do we have to leave so early? Mickey grabs a few more slices of bacon from a plate in the center of the table. There's some talk of a shutdown on travel, Ronnie says. Forever? Mickey stuffs two pieces of bacon in his mouth. Judy rolls into the room. No stupid because of the virus. Sylvia eats a spoonful of eggs. But I thought we couldn't get it. You won't get sick from it, Daryl tells his son, but you still could be dangerous. Mickey looks puzzled. You might still be able to give the virus to other people, Ronnie says. Sylvia is interested for the first time. Like a carrier? Exactly like a carrier, Daryl smiles. What's a carrier? Mickey takes a sip of his orange juice. Someone who doesn't get sick but can still kill others. Judy, who has been staring at Daryl, turns and looks at Mickey. No reason to talk like Stephen King this early in the morning. Ronnie is done. She gives her plate and other dishes to Judy. The robot puts the dishes in the washer. Who's Stephen King, Mickey asks. Terrell scoffs while Ronnie laughs. Some old dude who used to make scary movies or something. Ronnie laughs again. Not exactly, Daryl smiles, but I'll allow it. Now finish up. They eat. They laugh. Judy watches. Later, Mickey packs a suitcase on his bed. His room is covered in soccer posters, all manner of sports gear, tons of model airplanes, and horror movie posters. Judy rolls into the room. He turns and looks at the robot. Judy scans his face. May I help you with your suitcase, Daryl? Mickey chuckles. Yo, Dad, this thing is racist. Judy stares at him. Daryl pops his head in the room. Facial recognition software isn't that great yet, especially when it comes to black people. He walks back down the hall. I read an article about it on Axios. Mickey laughs. No thanks, Judy. I'm good. She stares at him for a second and then rolls after Daryl. Daryl walks into his room. Sylvia comes out of hers. Judy stops and stares at Sylvia. This thing sure is creepy. Sylvia walks into her parents' bedroom. Judy stares after her. The bedroom is nice but spare. Expensive floral prints and antique furniture except for the bed, which is modern and is a high-tech adjustable bed. Where are we going again? Ronnie puts her clothes into the suitcase. It's your father's, cousin's, uncle's, brother's, nephew's ranch, they giggle. It's my brother's ex-fiance's parents' beach house, Daryl overcorrects. Isn't that what I just said? More giggles. I don't really see what's so... Why would we go there? Sylvia sits on the bed. Daryl puts a pair of black socks into the suitcase, then changes his mind and puts the pair back in the dresser. Then he grabs a pair of white socks. The whole family will be there, Ronnie says. Uncle Joey finally got engaged. Uncle who? Joey, the one with the... Ronnie waves her hand vaguely at her head. Oh yeah, I remember him. Good for him, Daryl says. Ronnie isn't certain. Daryl goes back and gets the black socks and puts them in the suitcase. And we'll be safe there? Sylvia asks with the... We'll be as safe there as we'd be in this house, Daryl says comfortingly. Sylvia is skeptical. What your father is trying to say is that everybody is taking precautions. Precautions? Ronnie sits next to Sylvia on the bed. I know you're scared. It's a little scary. 
But they always make a big deal out of these things on the news. And then, nothing. Listen to your mother. She's a scientist. It's just a hype thing. We'll be safe. Daryl takes the black socks out of his suitcase and puts them back in the dresser. Later, Ronnie stands at the front door, holding the handle of a rolling suitcase. She also carries a purse and another large bag. One after the other, Sylvia and Mickey come out of their rooms, pulling their suitcases. Sylvia also has a backpack and a purse. Mickey also has a backpack. Waiting on you, hun. Do you know where I left my... Daryl trails off. Oh, there it is. Be right there. Ronnie shakes her head. Mom, is Bruce broken? A little bit, she tells her son. Is the house safe? Ronnie turns to look at him. Of course. Our house has the best in modern security. It's a smart house. She taps Bruce's screen a few times and it finally turns green. But if Bruce is broken... Ronnie types a code on Bruce's screen. What are you talking about? Judy rolls into the hallway. I... I... He's worried about that comic book that Dad got him for Christmas, Sylvia kids him. It's just that it's the first appearance of Kitty Pride, my favorite... Ronnie is still typing on the screen. It's totally safe. I'm entering the security code now, and I'm the only one who has it. Mickey slaps Sylvia on the arm. And Judy here is the knight who will protect our castle, Ronnie says. Sylvia and Mickey stare at Judy, who cocks her head to the side. Daryl walks out of the bedroom, pulling a suitcase and carrying a briefcase. And don't forget, the repairman should be here sometime between tomorrow and uh, next Christmas. The family laughs at Dad's joke. Ready? Ronnie asks. Let's go. She opens the door and walks out. The others follow. Mickey is last. He looks back at Judy one last time. Judy returns the stare until the door closes behind Mickey. Day one. Judy vacuums the living room. She vacuums Mickey's room. She sees a spot of dirt on the floor and vacuums it until it goes away. Judy sprays window cleaner on one of the large glass windows in the living room. She wipes away a smudge. She carries a bag of trash to an outside trash bin. She looks around suspiciously. There are other nice rich houses on the street, but they are far away and there is no traffic. Day 5. Judy vacuums the living room floor. She stops and looks around the room. Seeing no dirt, she puts the vacuum away in a hall closet. She cleans the windows again, even though they are very clean. So clean, they sparkle. Judy pulls out the trash can from under the kitchen sink and looks into it. It's empty. Bruce sounds an alert. Front door approach imminent. Judy puts the trash can back and rolls toward the front door. Bruce's panel flashes red. Judy opens the door. Standing there is an athletic black man wearing shorts and carrying a mailbag. She scans his face. H hello Judy scans, says, unidentified. She scans the United States Postal Service hat, then the USPS logo on his shirt. Her scan says, occupation, postal worker, threat level, zero. Judy says, hello, postal worker. He hands her several letters, and then she rolls back inside. Day 10. Judy sits still, staring out the living room window. Bruce sounds an alert. Phone call incoming. Phone call in. He glitches and doesn't finish the sentence. Judy rolls from the living room towards the front door and looks at Bruce's panel, which is flashing blue. Coming. A loud beep emits from Bruce's panel. Daryl's voice comes in over the phone. Hey, this is, uh, Daryl? Bruce? If you, uh, can hear me, we, we, uh, we've been delayed because of, you know, the virus. Judy rolls a little bit closer to the panel. I'm not really sure when we'll be back. Keep the place safe. Protect our home for us. Uh, bye? Day 15. 
Judy rolls into Mickey's room and inspects the carpet for dirt. Nothing. She rolls into Sylvia's room. Nothing. She rolls back into the living room and inspects the windows for smudges or smears. Nothing. She rolls into the hallway and stops at Bruce's panel. All tasks are complete. All tasks remain complete. Further tasks? Bruce's panel flashes green. Scanning. The screen flashes green several times. No further tasks detected. Judy rolls away. Day 16. Judy stands in the living room staring at the sunrise. Once the sun is above the horizon, she rolls towards the hall and stops before Bruce's panel. More tasks, please. Bruce's panel flashes green. Scanning. The screen flashes green several times. No further tasks detected. Judy processes for a moment. What do mixins do when tasks are done? The screen flashes green several times. Analysis shows primary task for mixins is sleeping. I cannot sleep. What is secondary task? The screen flashes green several times. Watching tell Bruce glitches. He doesn't respond any further. Bruce. No response. Bruce. Nothing. Judy rolls into the living room. She picks the remote up from the coffee table. She turns the television on and stares at it. Her eyes glow a little brighter. Day 18. Judy watches television. Pundit Lexi Johnson sits at a news desk. She is a severe-looking woman in her 40s. She wears a blue blazer over a white button-down shirt. She looks directly into the camera. That's right. My sources are telling me that the virus was brought here by so-called, she uses air quotes, people of color. It's part of their invasion strategy, and your fears can't be overstated. You need to prepare, and the best way to do that is to invest in gold. Judy's eyes glow a little brighter. Day 21. Judy stands staring at Bruce's panel. The panel glows red. Front door approach imminent. Judy opens the front door. Standing there is a slovenly white mailman wearing shorts and a half-untucked USPS shirt. He carries a mailbag. Judy scans his face. Hi. Her scan says, unidentified. She zooms in on the mailman's white face and scans again. The scan says, threat level zero. Judy says, hello, postal worker. He tilts a hand truck back and starts to push two large heavy boxes forward. Where do you want these? The basement. Whatever boats you float. He wheels the boxes in. Later, the mailman is gone. Judy stands before a workbench where the two boxes sit. The rest of the room is cluttered but organized, filled with standard wealthy family stuff. Lots of boxes, lots of sports equipment, lots of tools and devices. Judy opens the box. Inside are gold bars. She stares at them briefly. She closes the box and picks it up. She rolls towards an open safe on the far side of the room. Day 23. Judy is watching television. The shower scene from Psycho briefly flashes on the screen. Her eyes glow brighter. She turns off the television and rolls toward the kitchen. She goes to the counter and stops in front of a block of large kitchen knives. She pulls out several and looks at them before she sees one that looks like the one in Psycho. She rolls back towards the living room. Judy begins to make stabbing motions, just like Norman Bates. Day 25. Judy rolls up a ramp that has been placed over the stairs that lead to the basement. Once she arrives at the top, Bruce's panel is glowing red. Front door approach imminent. Judy opens the front door. Standing there is a black man wearing a Raiders baseball cap. He wears a mechanic's jumpsuit with his name, Jeff, on the patch. Judy scans him. 
Hey, I'm the repairman? Judy scans his face. The scan says, Unidentified. She zooms in and scans his black skin again. Her scan says, Threat level maximum. Judy says, Farewell, intruder. Judy raises the knife above her head. I'm here about br- She brings the knife down and stabs him. Eight times. She bends down and grabs a hold of Jeff's leg. She pulls him into the house and takes him straight to the ramp to the basement. Day 30. Judy rolls from the house towards the outdoor trash can carrying two heavy-duty trash bags that have large, lumpy objects in them. Jeff objects. She puts the bags in the trash bin and rolls back toward the house. She stops and looks down at the ground right outside the door. She zooms in on a couple of drops of blood on the concrete. She rolls over towards the house and grabs a hose. She starts washing the blood away. Day 31. Judy watches television. On the screen is some kind of Rambo or Arnold movie. Lots of big guns, lots of explosions, Wolverines! Her eyes glow brighter as she pumps a fist in the air. Day 32. Judy is watching television again. More war movies. Bruce sounds an alert. Front door approach imminent. Judy turns off the television and rolls toward the front door. She opens the door. Standing there is the slovenly white mailman, wearing his shorts and carrying a long, flat box. She scans his face. Back again. The scan says, threat level zero. Judy says, hello, postal worker. He hands her the package. Later, Judy is in the backyard. The yard is large. It's also isolated. No neighbors can be seen. The box sits on a lawn table. Judy opens it. Inside is an AR-15. Judy stands a few feet further away from the house. She holds the AR-15, which is now loaded with a fresh clip. She fires the gun into the line of trees at the back of the yard. Leaves and bark fly everywhere under the barrage of bullets Judy lets loose. Her eyes glow brighter. Day 37. Judy is watching Lexi on television again. The host rambles. And really, that's my message for the day. A man's home is his castle. That's the fundamental principle that led to the founding of this nation, and it's a right worth fighting for, no matter what the snowflakes might tell you. Judy is hypnotized. Day 41. The Mixon car is parked in the driveway. Daryl is carrying his briefcase and rolling his suitcase toward the front door. Right behind him are Sylvia and Mickey, pulling their suitcases along. Glad to be home, Sylvia whines. Finally. Ugh. Ronnie shuts the trunk to the car and follows them. I can't wait. Mickey is excited to be home. Daryl reaches up to touch the panel beside the front door. Mickey, Ronnie chides, wash your hands before you read your comic. You'll get it. The door opens. Judy stands there. She is holding the AR-15. She scans Daryl. Dad, what's wrong with Judy? Sylvia is worried. Judy's scan says, unidentified. Is that a gun? Judy's scan says, threat level maximum. Judy says, goodbye, intruders. Judy guns them down. Ronnie screams last. The end.